everyone, and welcome to another edition of Sports with Yosef. I'm Yosef Messinter. Ravens, NFL free agency. What should they do? What should they not do? What is their top priority? And what can absolutely not be their top priority? I'll discuss that. Lamar Jackson, contract extension. What contract would I give him if I'm in Arcticasta's seat? We'll talk a little bit about why John, what's something John Harbaugh did, which... I think it was a really good move. All that coming up and much, much more on Sports with Yosef. Every offseason is very important for NFL franchises and all professional sporting franchises. I mean, the offseason is a time where you can make a mistake that your fans are going to remind you of for decades. And it's also the opportunity to make decisions that will send you to a championship that will win fans, and will cement your team in your city. Those are just some of the easiest stakes to state in the offseason. But there are tons. And this offseason, for the Baltimore Ravens, I believe, if definitely is a very important offseason. But I believe, it in, from what I can remember of the offseasons that I can remember, and I know I'm only 17, but and I've done a little bit of research, but not enough, but I think this is one of the most important off-seasons in Ravens franchise history. You want to tell me, I mean, back 2008, where they, I mean, where they ended up bringing in Joe Flacco, Ray Rice, and John Harbaugh. Yeah, that was important. But here's actually my thing with that. That was a lot of that based off of the draft. And with all due respect for the draft and the drafting process, every draft is Hall of Famers. Every draft has guys who should have been better, but are not better, for whatever that reason may be. Guys who are busts. And every year you have the opportunity. I mean, how many picks did Tom Brady... I mean, there's so many times, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, players slip, Lamar Jackson. You just can't explain it. Patrick Mahomes. Those people are going to be there in the draft. And so the draft every year is important. The draft every year is the difference between going Lamar Jackson, a pick that has altered the Ravens franchise in a very good way, and a pick like Brashad Perryman, the example for what it means to be an NFL bust. I mean, besides Ryan Leaf. I mean, two hugely different sides of the spectrum. But that is the reality of the NFL draft, and that comes around every year. So I'm really talking about free agencies. I'm talking about extensions, making the right decisions, not on draft day, but before and after draft day. And this offseason for the Baltimore Ravens is vitally important if they want to go to a Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson, on his, when he got drafted, promised a Super Bowl to Baltimore. Well, for that to happen, he needs help. The Ravens have to put the pieces around him. Let me take you back to 2018. Uh, regular season. Joe Flacco gets injured against the Steelers at, right after the bye. Lamar Jackson. He comes in and he t- is taking over. Goes 6-1, and one, brings the Ravens to the playoffs, including an incredible Saturday night showdown in Los Angeles on one of the worst football fields I have ever seen. And you've got that going on there. Lamar takes them to the playoffs, and what happens in the playoffs? Well, a complete, utter, and total collapse of the offensive line. The interior offensive line caved. The Chargers were in the backfield all day, and Lamar Jackson had no shot. Now, Lamar made mistakes in that game. Yes, the offensive line was abysmal. Let me take you to 2019, where Lamar Jackson, second unanimous MVP, brings the Ravens on a 12-game winning streak, top seed in the NFL. 
Now, what happens in the playoffs? The offensive line on two critical fourth downs, as you heard Ken McCusick say on this very podcast, back, what was it, a year, over a year ago, and the offensive line collapsed there. Yeah, and Lamar Jackson's receivers failed him. Now, what happened this year in the playoffs? By the way, the Ravens against the Titans in the playoffs were completely outgunned on the offensive line in the first half until Lamar Jackson made a huge play. Like, the offensive line has wasn't good in that game. Against the Bills, it was really not good in that game. With missed snaps, missed blocks, a play before the pick six by Taron Johnson, Lamar Jackson and Hollywood Brown wide open on the left side of the end zone. But what happens? Tyree Phillips misses his block. Gus Edwards misses his block. Lamar Jackson's forced right and can't make the throw. It was a touchdown turned into an interception, turned into a touchdown for the Bills. And you want to know why? Bad offensive line. That's an issue. And that's the issue the Ravens are dealing with right now. Because what's going to be happening in this offseason for the Baltimore Ravens is the opportunity to solidify that offensive line, to solidify a receiving corps that led the league in dropping passes. Lamar Jackson had 7.5% of his passes dropped this year. By far the most in the league. I mean, unreal. Lamar Jackson's teammates let him down game in and game out. I was talking to someone a couple of days ago about Lamar Jackson and if he was a long-term quarterback in Baltimore, and I think he is. But the issue with Lamar Jackson has been the guys around him because he's not Superman. You want to look at Patrick Mahomes. He was in the Super Bowl, back-to-back years in the Super Bowl, won an MVP. Well, let's take a look at the guys he's got around him. Fastest receiver in the league in Tyree Kill. Most dominant tight end in the league in Travis Kelsey. One of the most dangerous running backs in the league in Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He's got Sammy Watkins and Nicole Hardman, two other speedsters, and he's got an incredible offensive line. What happens when he doesn't have a great offensive line in the Super Bowl because of, because of injuries? He loses. Lamar Jackson is the only quarterback in the NFL who can take a bad offensive line and still win. And I mean a really bad offensive line because that's what the Ravens had this year. And I know Ronnie Stanley got injured. And I know Nick Boyle got injured. And I know that a lot wasn't in their favor after Marshall Yonda retired. And I also know that the audio on this might be really bad just because I have no idea why, but it's not coming through nicely. Hopefully it will do well. But while there were a lot of things that went wrong that were outside the Ravens' control, there was bad snap. Uh, I mean, But there were a lot of things that went, went wrong that there were was in their control. I don't know if they've got the replacement to Marshall Yonda on the offensive line. And they've got to get a better center. They've got to fix their center and their snapping issues and their blocking issues at center. They have to get a better right guard. They have to figure out what in the world's going on with the Orlando Brown situation, who's who wants to be paid like a left tackle. Ravens don't have that kind of money, or do they? I guess that depends on the Lamar Jackson contract and the on how John Harbaugh and Eric DaCosta view his importance to this team. There are a lot of issues the Ravens are going to be dealing with on that offensive line in this offseason, but this is the offseason for the Ravens where they have to put the right pieces around Lamar Jackson. And it happens to also be an offseason where the salary cap has gone down because of COVID-19. It's at $180 million. The Ravens have a little bit of leeway, but not much. And we'll see how this works out. Because the Ravens have to sign Lamar Jackson this offseason. First and foremost, you have to have your franchise quarterback locked up. Locked up. He is the long-term option. He's a, he can throw from the pocket. I've seen it. He's proved it to me. I don't know what else you want to see. I can I can tell you exactly what he needs to do better. 
He, needs to, he does need to be better throwing to the outside. By the way, his deep ball wasn't that bad this year. He just did not have a lot of help. His offensive line was really bad. He was sacked, what, 22 times in 2019 and 37 in 2020? Those numbers are off the top of my head. But I'm pretty sure those... We're talking right around a ballpark. Right in those ballparks. I mean, that's just unacceptable. We've seen what happened in what's happening in Seattle. Russell Wilson, they don't give him an offensive line. Well, you know what? Yeah, you're not going to win a Super Bowl. Football, the game of a game of inches, and it's won, lost, and dominated in the trenches. That's where the NFL lies. I know we love talking about all this fantasy fantasy football. Travis Kelsey, what an incredible tight end. Did you see that? Drew uh, Alvin Kamara six touchdown game. No, it's about the trenches. The guys who don't get the recognition from the fans, from the media, and the, the trenches on both sides of the ball is a huge issue for the Ravens. Earlier, I mentioned drops, and the Ravens have been dealing with drops. Well, yes, they have, but, but, and this is very key. Very key. Wide receivers cannot, in no way, shape, or form for the Baltimore Ravens be the top priority in this offseason. It cannot. You do that, it's over. They might win a Super Bowl, but it's over. And I don't know if they can win a Super Bowl. If they can just magically bring in, bring in Allen Robinson. Like and by the way, the Ravens have already said they're not pursuing some of the top wide receivers. Like or reports have come out, I should say, it's not happening for very good reasons, and it, it cannot happen. Like I've not spoken to Eric DaCosta about this, but it cannot happen. The Ravens just cannot go after top wide receivers. They can't, wide receiver can't be a priority. I think they've got some guys in-house. I think they can get a couple more from the draft. And let me remind you that Devin DuVernay and James Prochet, the two wide receivers the Ravens drafted last year, had two of the lowest drop rates in college football. I believe it can be an in-house solution. James Prochet, I believe something like one target this year. Devin DuVernay, not enough action. Will, does Willie Sneed return? I don't know. I guess that's a cap question, and is he willing to take a pay cut to stay in Baltimore? And what is his market value? A topic beyond this conversation. But as I said, football is won and lost in the trenches. There are weeks where I watch teams around the NFL, and I'm like, oh yeah, their offensive line's bad. They're losing this game. Lamar Jackson's the only one who can overcome that. But I believe he can only overcome that in the regular season when he's not playing the best of the best. Because when he does play the best of the best, he can't do it. It's just unreal. It's not... I mean, you want to talk about the defining play of the season. There, there are two of them, I think. The Marcus Peters interception in Tennessee and Lamar Jackson off the, be off the bench, out of the locker room, throwing a deep ball to Hollywood Brown in Cleveland, Ohio. The one that brought... The pass that brought the Ravens back into the playoff race and essentially brought them to the playoffs because they weren't playing a noteworthy opponent after that game. And what happened on that play? Lamar Jackson, the pocket collapsed. He was forced to escape right. And somehow, someway, because his name is Lamar Jackson, Action Jackson, to quote Mark Ingram, Freaky L. He's the only guy who can do this. The only player, not Russell Wilson, not Michael Vick. I don't want to hear it. 
Lamar Jackson, not Jalen Hurts. Lamar Jackson's the only one, the only quarterback in the league who can overcome a bad offensive line, bad snaps, missed blocks. It's unreal what he does on a day-by-day, game-by-game basis. He makes his offensive line look amazing. And they're not. Every week, after every game, practically every game this season, I thought to myself, you know what? The offensive line was bad. It's just been a huge issue. Yes, against the Giants, against probably, I think, the Jets, the Jaguars, against the weaker teams, they did great. I don't think they even played the Jets this year. What am I saying? They did not. But against the weaker teams, the offensive line looked pretty good. But there were issues. There were real issues. And it was apparent, really, I guess I would say starting week two against in Houston, possibly. Where the Ravens couldn't... I mean, the Ravens... Here's an interesting stat for you. The Ravens finished 14th in total sacks, despite like one of the highest blitz rates in the NFL. I believe by far the highest, actually. They had 39 sacks. Here's the other interesting part. The Ravens ranked second in quarterback knockdowns, second in quarterback knockdown percentage, fourth in pressures, and fourth in pressure percentage. It's not like the Ravens completely didn't get pass rush pressure, but... No, but starting in week two, they get they got to Deshaun Watson. They could just never bring him down. And at, at that point, I was like, we could be in trouble if you're I'm a Baltimore Raven, uh, because there were that's a real issue. the The offensive line and the defensive line they need to be the priority in this offseason. The offensive line, enough said. Like you, you know what the issues are: bad snapping, bad blocking. I, I understand you have to replace a Hall of Famer, Marshall Yonda. I understand your best offensive lineman then, and Ronnie Stanley goes gets injured. But that's not an excuse to just start botching snaps, to start missing blocks, to not know your assignment. That's not an excuse. There's no excuse for that. And that's something the Ravens are going to have to fix, and I don't really know what the, <laughs> what the easiest way to fix it is. I think there are a couple of options. I think the Ravens could stay in-house and say, you know what, Max Skira, Patrick McCarty, we believe one of you is a good enough blocker and can actually do a good job snapping the football. You want to tell me that? I'll buy it. But the Ravens, and I can guarantee you, John Harbaugh, Eric DeCosta, they've had this conversation. They're like, what do we do with center? Do we have the guy in-house? Do we have, I mean, do you need me to draft someone? Do you need me to say, go out and get a free agent for you? What do you need at center? How much help do you need? Can you just max protect a little bit? Can you give Lamar Jackson a little bit of time to throw? Any shot whatsoever? I believe going into the Bills playoff game, Lamar, Lamar Jackson had run for an NFL best 3,239 yards in his career. Um, from, 20, from 2018 to 2020, um, the best over that time. But here's the other interesting part. In actual distance covered, Lamar Jackson had run 12,001 yards, equivalent to 6.8 miles, four times the amount of yards gained. And I understand some of that's just his mobility, the fact that he can run around, the fact that he is a magician on the field, and his, his presence and the way he just views everything, it's spectacular. But... 
part of that is back due to an offensive line saying, oh yeah, we're going to just fold up on you in 2020, and you're going to be forced to run for your life. Run for our life. Because without Lamar Jackson, if the Ravens had Russell Wilson, if they had Drew Brees, if they had Tom Brady, if they had Justin Herbert, if they had Patrick Mahomes, I don't care who. With the offensive line, the Ravens put around Lamar Jackson. The Ravens don't win a playoff game. I don't care who their quarterback is. It's Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson and Lamar Jackson. He is the reason for Ravens' success. And that's why the Ravens are going to be wrapping him up to a long-term deal, hopefully. And there have been reports going around that, oh yeah, the Ravens and Lamar Jackson are actually very far away from each other and not seeing eye-to-eye at all on this extension. Well, I just want to say there was only one person who reported it, a Boston Globe reporter. And I'll be honest, I don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. Ian Rappaport reported earlier today that he actually, on the Pat McAfee, when he was on the Pat McAfee show, that he didn't believe the Ravens and Lamar Jackson had even started talking. I actually think he's wrong on that. I think they have started talking from what I've been seeing. I think they have started talking, but I don't believe they're far away. When you tell, want to tell me that one reporter, I've not seen anyone confirm the report, it's one reporter. I don't buy it. I think the, I, it could be Ian's right and that they've just not started talking yet because I'm not buying one reporter who's saying that, yeah, they're, they're not on the same page. Because, here, I mean, it, let me take you through actually what the Ravens' free agent mentality is in-house. They're, they're going to go up to a player. Let's say, say it's Lamar. Be like, Lamar, look, here's your market value. Your uh, Lamar's a bad example. Let's put Brandon Williams. You can make eight. Brandon, you can make uh, Matt Judon. Actually, you can make twenty million a year, Judon. Unfortunately, we can't pay you that much. What we can give you is a three-year, sixteen million a year deal. That's the Ravens' approach. It's actually very different from any of the other teams in the league, where they say what your market value is. They're honest with you the whole way through. They say, look, this is what we can do. We'd love to have you, but we understand you could get more on the open market. And there have been times where players haven't believed what Eric DaCosta, what Ozzie Newsom have told them. Ray Lewis, Terrell Suggs, those guys tested the free agent market to see what they can get, and then they realized, oh yeah, Eric DaCosta, Ozzie, they didn't lie to me. And they came back to Baltimore. That's the Ravens' approach, and I think it'll be a little bit different for Lamar Jackson. And it's an interesting question. I mean, I don't know what I would do if I'm in Eric DaCosta's shoes. First off, I mean... I'd probably go get a Lamborghini, but if I'm in Eric DaCosta's shoes with this Lamar Jackson deal, here are the things I'm going through, I'm dealing with. Number one, how many years and how much money can we afford it? How can we push it off so that we actually can, do we push it off a little bit? Do we say, you know what, we'll just pay it, we're willing to equate it out? Or can we push this thing off to like 2050 till we have to pay him? How are we going to be working this out? from a creativity standpoint, but here's what I'm thinking in the years. I would do, I would do a 15-year contract. No, I wouldn't. I don't know if I have the guts to pull that off, to be honest. I would say, I would say 10 years. I'd be okay with 15, because from what I've seen from Lamar Jackson, is he can throw the football. I buy it. 
I buy the fact he can throw. Look at what Michael Vick was doing in his 30s. I think Lamar will still be able to run. It's not His game is not predicated around the run. It's not. And you've not been watching game film if, if you say it is. And I think... I think ten, 10 years would probably be what I would do. My issue with 10 years is he's 24 right now, 23 right now, whatever it is. I think 24. And I don't love the fact of only wrapping him up until he's 34. There's a part of me that's that says, hey, like, I kind of want you for life. I mean, if I'm decussed, I mean, I, I, I'm leaning towards 15 years. I am. I'm leaning towards 15 years because I think I, – I, I can't bring myself to say it, though. I, I think it's got to be – you know what? 12-year. 12-year contract, $40 million a year. You'll, you'll be – I mean, we're talking – you want – we'll talk some bon – we'll add some bonuses into there for you. You'll get a nice signing bonus. 35 to $40 million a year, 12-year deal. That's what I'm offering. And I think the Ravens have to make that offer, and I think Lamar Jackson accepts it. From what, from what I've seen, Lamar Jackson likes Baltimore. I, I think he loves his coaching staff. He loves his teammates. And Baltimore loves him. And th that much is blatantly obvious. And I think Lamar Jackson stays. I think he signs this offseason. I don't know if it's that big a deal. Could be they'll say, hey, let's do a three-year, $120 million deal. And let's, we'll talk in two years. It could be they do that. There are a lot of ways to structure this uh, contract. There are a lot of ways to structure contracts. The Ravens are one of the most creative franchises in the league. And something that I really love. I mean, really, really creative. And give them their, their credit for that. But that's what they're going to have to deal with for Lamar, with Lamar Jackson. And that contract they're going to have to offer him. And after that, they have to fix up the offensive line and the interior offensive line. Ronnie Stanley, Bradley, and Bozeman, they're fine. Everyone else is on ice because Orlando Brown wants out, and I don't know that I trust center, and I don't trust the answer right guard. I don't know if the answer is free agency. I'm actually kind of doubting it because I don't know. Again, I don't know what the money is. If the Ravens can sign Orlando Brown, because here's the issue. Center, right guard, and right tackle are all up in the air right now. Yes, it could be Orlando Brown stays for one more year. Ravens get a whole bunch of compensation picks. It could be that's what they do, and then they deal with right tackle next year. But... They've got some severe issues on that offensive line. An offensive line that, because of Lamar Jackson, has to be more flexible, has to be more... This is not an athletic offensive line for the Ravens. It just isn't. But the Ravens, Greg Roman, they need, they need to have pulling guards, all kinds of misdirection. You heard Ken McCusick on the podcast on a different episode talk about how it's much easier for the offensive lineman to block out of the pistol. So we'll see if we'll see more of that in the future. But at a certain point, Orlando Brown, I mean, those guys have to get better on the offensive line. Orlando Brown, not really. I mean, he, I mean, everyone has to get better, but Brown's fine. The issue is center, right guard. And I'm going to presume that Orla Orlando Brown is not a long-term option in Baltimore because I don't think the Ravens can afford to pay him a $20 million a year contract, give Ronnie Stanley $20 million a year contract, and let's talk about some of their other free agents. We're going to be—they're going to be paying, I should say. We're going to be talking about. Uh, let's go, Mark Andrews, Deshaun Elliott, Patrick Queen. Eventually, I mean, Matt Judon. We'll talk about the defensive line next. There are huge issues there. They have some huge issues. They're going to be having to take care of on this offensive line, and that has to be the priority in the offseason. The other priority in the offseason is the defensive line. Because there were two, excuse me, the Ravens have one defensive lineman under contract for 2021. 
His name's Jalen Ferguson, Sack Daddy. And Jalen Ferguson was inactive for the Ravens' playoff game against the Titans, and he was inactive for the Ravens' playoff game against the Bills. Why? Because he was a healthy scratch. I am not confident. And he's an outside, excuse me, not defensive lineman. I misspoke. Outside linebacker. That's where the Ravens have these issues right now. Because Tyus Bowser, Matt Judon, Yannick Ngakwe, who else am I missing? Jihad Ward, those guys are all free agents. Bowser wants $20 million a year. Ngakwe is going to want the same number. Bowser, I mean, he's, he's the most versatile of all of them. I think Ravens need to bring Bowser back. Well, I've talked a little bit on the show about Sam linebackers, rush linebackers, and Sam backers. We'll go through. We'll go through it again. Sam linebackers are guys who drop back into coverage. Rush linebackers, pure rushers. Terrell Suggs, pure rusher. Matt Judon, Tyus Bowser. Those guys can drop into coverage and do drop into coverage. Yannick Ngakwe cannot. So I think the Ravens want Bowser. Excuse me. Want Judon over Ngakwe. I don't know if they can afford Judon, which means that they're going to be dealing with more issues on their defensive line, a defensive line which has not had a dominant pass rusher who's done well in a long time. Since, maybe, what do you want to say, 2014 Terrell Suggs, Elvis Timmerville, those guys? I mean, the Ravens are blitzing so much, so consistently, that they're getting guy, they're getting the pressure, they're getting the knockdown since I read this, that stat earlier. But that doesn't mean that that's the answer because what the Ravens need to do when you play the Buffalo Bills, when you play the Kansas City Chiefs, when they play Aaron Rodgers next year, what you have to be able to do is send four, send four in, drop seven, and get immediate pressure. That is what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did to Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. And I've got news for you. The Buccaneers won. That is the formula. Pass rush pressure with your front four. It's always been the formula. It's been how you beat Tom Brady. Pressure, except for Brady, it's not really from the edges. It's you got to c- completely collapse the pocket up the middle. And that's how you do it. Pass rush pressure, offensive line. I'm telling you, the trenches is where championships are won and lost. I can't recall off the top of my head a team that won a Super Bowl with a bad offensive line, with a bad defensive line. It just doesn't happen. You need those guys. You need off at the offensive line, and you need players on the defensive line who are going to be impact players, stars. And the Ravens cannot afford to pay stars on either. That's the reality. And the reality is Ravens have to – that ha, those two positions have to be the priority in the offseason. You want to tell me you're going to draft at both offensive line and defensive line? Go for it. But what's the plan for 2021? Because the Ravens' window where their players are young and cheap – that's closing fast. Let me. I mean, let's talk about some of the ages of these guys. Patrick Queen's 21. Dobbins, 22. Marquise Brown, 23. Lamar Jackson, 24. Orlando Brown's 24. Mark Andrews is 25. Ronnie Stanley, 26. Marcus Peters, 28. There are a lot of young guys in Baltimore. It's really great to see it. But, believe it or not, people get older and contracts will need to be paid. And the Ravens cannot afford to be paying... Putting 100 million into their offensive line, 100 million into their defensive line. They can't even put 50 million into each. Because then they won't be able to have Lamar Jackson, or they won't be able to have a secondary of your guys around Lamar Jackson. Like, it's just, it's not an option in any way, shape, or form. But those are the priorities in the offseason. And yes, the Ravens, they will add a wide receiver. I think they add a tight end in free agency. Actually, no, I think they added in the draft, to be honest. 
but there there are huge issues at wide receiver. And yes, Hollywood Brown had a phenomenal second half of the season after the Week 13 Cowboys game, starting with that game and moving forward. He, he really did well. But since 2016, this is going back until 2016, with the Ravens had Steve Smith Sr. The Ravens have not had a wide receiver with more than 800 yards in a season. Inconceivable. And I know I messed up the way to say it if we're going from the Princess Bride version of inconceivable. But the Ravens have to be able to get a wide receiver who can start. They have to be able to get a wide receiver who is cheap and who can make plays. And I think there are going to be a lot of free agents who are, there are going to be a lot of free agents this year because of the lower cap. A lot of teams are cutting players, and the Ravens will be able to get a couple of guys cheaper. But in the bottom line, Ravens have to be able to get wide receiver help around Lamar Jackson, or they have to be able to commit to using Devin Duvernay, James Prochet. And I have a lot of issues with the Ravens the way they've been using wide receivers, and a lot of that is on Greg Roman. And I know the Ravens don't have the guts to end Greg Roman's tenure in Baltimore, which I, I really believe is a necessary feature uh, to really make a Ravens passing attack better. But maybe maybe they'll be fine with Greg Roman. Maybe he's learned his lesson about making adjustments and he needs to make them sooner, not later. Maybe. I, I, I doubt it. His route concepts are elementary. They're too basic. It's like he's babying Lamar Jackson and the wide receivers. Well, that's not going to cut it. And the wide receivers in Lamar Jackson do not need babying in the passing game. In no way, shape, or form. Just doesn't need to happen. And we'll see how that works out. But the Ravens will need to put wide receivers around Lamar Jackson. And wide receivers, offensive linemen and defensive linemen, obviously not wide receivers first, but those three areas, that has to be the Ravens' priority in this offseason. And Lamar Jackson extension. Because those are the, those are really the four things that need to happen for the Ravens to become contenders. Because they're contenders now. You want to win a Super Bowl, you have to protect Lamar Jackson, you have to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes, and you have to make and if you want to win Super Bowls down the road, you have to make sure Lamar Jackson stays in Baltimore. And before I move on, just a quick reminder Please check out all of the other episodes of Sports with Yosef. I am working on getting other guests. I had a guest tell me that he's really busy now, but once the MLB season starts, he'll be on. So I am working on that, trying to get on a whole bunch of guests, and I will be trying to put out some more podcasts because I know it has been a while since I've done one. I am also writing a whole bunch of articles, though, for Flurry Sports, Tackler, uh, Sportscaster News, Rocky and Meisty, so I highly suggest checking those out as well. And I'm doing some stuff on doing some videos for Sportscaster. And I know, it's a lot of sites, it's a lot of content. Well, I made it easy for you. One site for all of my content, and that is yosefm613.com, Y-O-S-E-F-M613.com, where you can subscribe and get email updates every time I post new content. And this is the first time, uh, or first, just a quick, quick reminder, give me a follow on Twitter, yosefm613. But this is the first time where I will be marketing this. But I am working on, it's looking like now it might be at least 12 hours of 
me breaking down the film from the NFL Game of the Year, Ravens-Browns. This won't be out for probably another month. But that is what a lot of my focus is on right now. I mean, it's going to be fantastic once it's done. So keep it tuned for that. Again, that'll probably be dropping, I would think, in about a month if I can keep on track with that and how early I'm willing to start putting out the content. So keep an eye out, ear out for that. Check out all of my content and subscribe on my website. So there are times where franchises are marred by a player's negative actions. The Ray Rice incident that hurt, really hurt the Ravens. You had the Adrian Peterson incident hurt the Vikings. I mean, there are a lot of such incidents. I mean, a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of incidents. But here's an interesting piece of this, which is there are very... They're not reported a lot, but there are instances where someone does something on one of the, on a franchise and it puts the franchise in a possible light. And it's not reported enough. It's not talked about enough. Uh, but I don't know, maybe a couple of weeks ago, one week or two ago from when I'm recording on March 3rd, John Harbaugh was in a local Baltimore restaurant. And he, what he did was as he was leaving, he paid for the entire restaurant's bill. And then just walked out. And that's just something which I, I really liked by John Harbaugh. Very classy move. And I think it is, it's that mentality which is what distinguishes Baltimore from other teams in the NFL. I talked earlier about the Ravens' free agent mentality and how they address that. The Ravens are wired differently. It's not... I mean... Take a look at the players. Take a look at the coaches. It's not about the individual. Lamar Jackson absolutely exhibits that. And I thought it was a really nice gesture by John Harbaugh. And in another gesture, this one is a covert. Are we? Am I reading too much into it? But Drew Brees posted a workout video recently, which would seem to signify he is... Still going to play next year in the NFL. He did restructure his contract to like minimum salary so that it wouldn't be hit on the Saints, which seems to signify he's retiring. It looked like he was retiring after the Buccaneers playoff game. But then he got he has a bit of a different haircut, which seems to say he's also retiring, just because you don't want to wear a lot of hair under the helmet. So what's going on with Drew Brees? I have no idea. I am expecting an announcement very soon. I don't think you. Re- I'm hearing reports he won't return as the Saints quarterback. Does that rule out a shot with another team? I don't know. It's all very suspicious. Definitely just a lot of people grasping at a lot of straws. I'd love for Breeze to return. I think he's still got something left in him. I think there are a bunch of teams which would love to have him. I'd love for him to stay in, in New Orleans, but I, I think he's lost that. I think that ship has sailed just from the comments I'm seeing from his teammates. I, I think that's gone. I think that's been gone for a while. I I, can't, I don't think he can stay in New Orleans. I think what he could do is go to, I don't know, Chicago. I think he could go to Carolina. I think he could go to Houston. I don't think so, actually. I, I think he wants to be with the team as a contender. I think he wants to win a ring. 
And I think he's got an opportunity to do so, again, if he decides, you know what, I am going to play for another year. Will he? Will he not? We shall see. I'm looking forward to doing so. But until then, thanks for listening to this edition of Sports with Yosef. Now, I'm Yosef Messitzer. I'll see you next time.